I'm back, bitches. This is WENK, the weekly AEW news kick. I'm your host, Tom, after a one-episode absence, my first yet. Um, apologies to everyone for the inferior episode. I haven't heard it yet. It's not even up <laughs> yet, but I'm just assuming it's inferior because it hasn't got me on it. We are joined, as always, by my German friend, Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Weekly AEW newscast. Oh! <laughs> Lovely. And... <laughs> Just gonna breeze right past that. <laughs> and you've heard of Jack White. You've heard of Jack Black. He's our very own Jack Ginger. It's AEW's. <laughs> AEW, well, we're not that. We're not that big yet. We're not officially endorsed. W A N K's sound engineer Jack Griffin. How's it going? Hello, Jack? everyone. Tom, it's great to have you back. And just to clarify, the last episode was the best we've done so far. It oh, was the revolution. Such a horrible thing for Patrick. You, amazing. Yeah, host, we, we've been through so <laughs> so good, like one and a half hours through without any. I think. Oh yeah. Jack doesn't have to do any cuts in it. That's honestly, so good. <laughs> honestly, it's that good. Honestly. No, good to have you back, Tom. Also, Always. it's good that that the uh, that the death triangle of the podcast is back. I didn't yeah. Have better comparison. Sorry. <laughs> I'd imagine it's uh, quite. A different tone once it goes up it'll be quite conversational because it's just the two of you you're not really a host it's just a chat between between <laughs> mates yeah sometimes it's needed sometimes it's needed but it, it was a shame you missed our first pay-per-view review but nonetheless double or nothing you've got that to look forward to now i have well that was our oh, it was our first pay-per-view i think it's right did the uh, <laughs> award show etc yeah that that was you know bigger episode yeah let's let's say that um how's how's everyone been all good really Nothing busy report Really busy. busy. Good. I'm stuffed like a turkey, but I'm I'm fine. <laughs> With food, I, I'm presuming. Yeah, soup. I don't know if, if I ate it or drank it. I did both, so soup is always an in between thing. Not, but yeah, I'm not totally got you round off camera. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, I'm 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 coming back with a vengeance. Right, we didn't play the Return of the Mac song because we couldn't get it to rhyme with my my name because we got Return of the Jack, Return of the Pat. If that's even more reason to kick you off the podcast, then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Think of a nickname for me, quickly, before we launch into it. Cunt. <laughs> ice tea. Like, then we have like an ice tea no, song you can play. You guys are both missing the point of this exercise. It's supposed to rhyme with, like, Jack, Pat, Ah, Mac. Cunt. <laughs> Never mind. Not even going to do it. It's uh, no breaking news Tom to report Blom, this week. So let's... John, Com, I don't know. There's nothing. There's <laughs> <laughs> so let's launch straight into dynamite. <laughs> First off, we have Matt Jackson versus Phoenix. I can't remember ever seeing Matt Jackson in a singles contest, and I was trying to cast my mind back because Nick got injured, didn't he? Um, and they wrote him out because had it with the inner circle attacking him. I was thinking he must have had a singles match then, but no, the only one I remember on... In fact, I only ever remember seeing Nick Jackson in singles matches. I remember one on Dynamite, which was against Phoenix, I believe, as well. And um, I remember seeing him in a Chikara match um, with Kota Ibushi, Jigsaw, and El Generico, who some say is Sami Zayn, but I have yet to see proof. But yeah, I, I don't remember ever seeing Matt Jackson in a singles match. And Excalibur himself said he's only ever called two or three Matt Jackson matches um, in the entire time they've known each other, the entire career. Um, thoughts on this match? Let's go to... Any, mini money, mo. Patrick. Thank you. I won finally something in my life. <laughs> the, the, the match graphic said, I think it was 1,812 days are gone since he had his last singles match on a show. Put that into years for us. 
quick math. You see, three, five, five and a half years almost. Fair enough. Six, so six years almost. Definitely one. not on Dynamite or AEW for that matter. No, definitely not. Maybe even Impact or so. I don't know. Hmm. Their WXW match against each other was tw- 2011. Ah, that's too far away, but you know. <laughs> they had, had a single match, w- match against, w- each w- w- against each other. Yeah, against each other. Matt Jackson versus Nick Jackson. Can't believe they'd ruin that on waste that on Germany. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> on German soil. <laughs> I think that would be a uh, Tokyo Dome sort of thing. Um, no, yeah, right. it's, I'm very happy for you, bastard. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm also very, very happy the match was quite good. Uh, what else to expect from Ray versus Ray Phoenix versus Matt Jackson? Other to say right, than, yeah. yeah. They had some uh, nice combinations in there, yeah. Well, I'll just run, I was just going to say, I'll run you through it and then we can um, go on Yeah, to you can more. do that first. So, also, before the match started, they mentioned that Pac was with the Young Bucks when they first first ever went to Japan, which was with Dragon Gate. Because um, he went back to Dragon Gate before he came to AEW, didn't he? After he left WWE and won their, their big title over there. So Pac's got quite the history with Dragon Gate. Yeah, and it says Phoenix... There's another, another stat they gave was that Phoenix has won 10 singles titles in his career, which is obviously less than Matt Jackson. Um started out phoenix was very much on the offense as the match started which is always good from a phoenix match because i think that's the best phoenix matches when he's mostly on the offense do you know what i mean um we saw in the lance archer match the i mean you guys rated the, the phoenix lance archer match my problem with it was when it really slowed down when lance archer was was in control and he grounded him um but to their credit they kept they kept phoenix on the offense and then when it switched and matt jackson was kind of on the offense um they did what they should do and had phoenix instead of having him like grounded they had him keep making these rallies uh to try and you know swing it back to him and and showing off his reversals do you know what i mean he'd reverse and then matt would get the upper hand again and then he'd reverse and so that's i think that's how you showcase phoenix because sometimes i feel like Phoenix, when he's in singles matches and not these multi-man tag matches or or a tag match with his brother, he, he's against opponents who don't really kind of know how to get the best out of him. Do you know what I mean? But um, obviously, Matt Jackson would because he's awesome. Uh, um, yeah, there was a lot. Of, speaking of counters, there was a lot of nice counters. There was a li- nice counter from Matt, if you remember, when uh, they go up top and Phoenix goes to give him a Hurricane Rana, and I think he ended up. Uh, did he power bomb him off the? Yeah, it, he power bombed him in off like pretty much off the top rope. It was pretty insane. I just love how like in these matches they just throw insane spots in there, and you're like, oh yeah, that happened. Do you know what I mean? Um, then Matt hit um, a couple of destroyers, one from the outside of the ring to the inside of the ring, and then he hit one out on the floor. I think he got a near near uh, near fall on um, Phoenix. Then then Phoenix went for a drop kick on him, ended up missing him, going through the ropes, hitting Nick on the outside, and Matt retaliated by getting out of the ring and super kicking, um, super kicking Pack. Uh, then they had a bit of a kind of. A super kick off they had like a, a a kind of strike exchange where they were trading super kicks and um it was at this point we heard the aew chant from the crowd ae dubs ae does i don't remember hearing that for ages because it's been fake crowd for so long do you know what i mean and the wrestlers aren't going to be chanting their own brand do you know what i mean they're not going to be that up themselves so it was really refreshing to hear that again um then Phoenix got him in his, you know, pretty much out of nowhere into his kind of power driver finish where he gives him the little kick in the head before he drops him. And it was over. Uh, Jack, what, 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 where did this fall on your kind of, did you like it? Let's just ask you that. <laughs> did I like it? I did. I mean, it's hard not to like these type of matches, especially, I mean, 
when I put it actually, this is our tenth episode, just tenth normal dynamite review. So congratulations everyone. Um for reading this far. But no <laughs> nice. Um but no and for for those long term listeners who listen to every episode, they'll know by now that these are my type of wrestlers. I love myself some high flyers and spot fest kinda you know, wrestlers and these two produce that and together they work really well and um Spotfest isn't usually said as a good thing, you know. <laughs> right. You don't care. Jack's Jack's. No, no, spot, no, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm throwing it I'm throwing it out there now. Um but no, basically what I'm trying to say is these two have some great moves in their locker. Um have some, you know, great moves up their sleeves and we saw it and it it was nice kind of teased because obviously in the Revolution review when you can listen that we me and Patrick did, you can obviously hear the result of the tag team battle royal. Pack and um, Ray Phoenix won that, and this was just a little teaser of 50% of that future match they're going to have with the Young Bucks. Um, obviously, Matt Jackson and Ray Phoenix, that's 50%. And yeah, it was a nice little teaser, nice little warm-up, and you know, got to see what these two do in singles action, which we don't get, tend to see too much, especially, well, especially Matt Jackson, but Ray Phoenix as well, we don't see too much really singles. So, I mean, Tom's got it's a little a more- bit seen him more recently haven't we yeah seen him more recently but i think that's more because against his brother yeah and against his brother while his brother was here twice yeah and when he was injured penta was injured shut your mouth then (laughs) honestly i feel like like i've talked too much today that just words aren't coming out right but okay by the way but yeah there you go right yeah he had he had visa issues why are you even here should I just fuck off? <laughs> right, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wrap this bit. I liked it. It was nice. Let's move over to Patrick. <laughs> Jack has stood up and left the building. <laughs> yeah, like like I said before, what what else can you expect from a match with these both guys? Really crazy moves in between. A very solid match. Nothing very, very, very good, but still good and solid match. And I think that goes through the whole episode that the matches were all good not extraordinary good but just good but more important was what happened in between the matches storylines or now in the end of the match they were just staring each other down and then uh ray phoenix yeah ray phoenix hit nick jackson outside <laughs> that was yeah. what I just had to bring that in order maybe to bring that a little bit like together again keep the keep the guys from outside involved in the match because i think they didn't interrupt so much in the match as i would have thought or at least pack it was it was fine, but yeah, good match. Uh, what else to expect from them, right? I mean, it, it was a predictable outcome for me as well because I, um, you know, I, for one thing, I expect the champ to put over the you know the challenger in that way in a non-title match in a one-on-one in a tag team feud, um, just to not kind of kill the storyline in its infancy. Do you know what I mean? But also the fact that I think. Um, Matt and Nick are probably going to retain. I don't know about you, um, and have that match with SCU, um, the re- the ti- titles versus retirement match. Um, so I sorry, I think sorry, just a quick question. Do you maybe you could answer it, or Jack? Where do all the wins from SCU come from now? Was it again like a dark streak for the last ten weeks? It'll be dark. Yeah, I always see their names pop up at just, the bottom. Yeah, but I I looked in the, in the audience where they, where they uh, uh, zoomed to the audience and showed them they were like number one ranked tech team now uh, for the, for the titles. I was like, uh, did I miss something? Was I in a parallel universe or? That's what they do with dark, don't they? When they yeah. want to push someone, they just you know get yeah. them loads of wins on dark and it pushes them up the ranking. And as we've already said, it's a bit of an unfair way of doing it, but that's what they choose to do, and we're just here to review it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as I said, it's the outcome I expected. Still a good match. As you say, this was a really good match, and as you would expect from Matt Jackson and Phoenix. And yet, I'd say it prob- was probably only the third best match on, on a five... Ma- well, one of the matches didn't really count. So I'll say a four-match card. It was the third best match on a fourth-match card for me, um, which is insane given how good it was, do you know what I mean? But there was, some, there was a couple of other really good ones. One I wasn't so keen on, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Following on from this, we had the much-anticipated John Moxley and Eddie Kingston uh, segment putting into context and explaining the events at the end of Revolution. Um, as I said, uh, I haven't heard you guys show yet, um, the Revolution show. It's not up yet, and obviously I won't be listening out of protest when it is. But, um, I, uh, yeah, I don't... Uh, I don't know what you covered, but I just quickly give my thoughts on the finish. It, I mean, you've probably already said it all. Um, I assume you mentioned it was probably uh, probably a um, you know a botch from the company they hired. But my my opinion of it is, why didn't they have uh, a test of it first? You know what I mean? Was it just to save save? for budgetary reasons like they're not going to do it twice and they're not going to pay out double for double the pyro i mean look how much pyro they give cody every week are they not willing to at least do a quick test i mean i said this on reddit all they had to do to sell this and this is the last i'll speak of it because i'm sure you've done it to death because it was the main talking point um on the on the podcast uh last well not last week the last episode uh all they had to do and they could have kept this level of explosion and all they had to do was add a little more smoke and collapse the ring. How many times have we seen WWE rig the ring to collapse? Do you know what I mean? With uh, Big Show, Brock Lesnar, but I think it's happened a little more recently than that. Was it Carly? Or, Bron- Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar, I think, was it? Uh, they, yeah. There you yeah. go. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if they'd just done that, they could have sold it. I think there's a certain amount of good faith with wrestling fans, especially AEW fans, where they will... But, you know, the ring will collapse and they'll go, and, like, we'll know. We'll know that they're not seriously hurt from a ring falling apart. But the visual aspect of it will make us go, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, God, oh, you know, and buy into the buy into it, even though, like, come on, we know they're not really hurt, do you know what I mean? So there's a certain amount of good faith, uh, there's a certain amount of, of disbelief we're willing to suspend as fans because we like this product, do you know what I mean? And I think a collapsing ring and a little more smoke would have accomplished it. But even with the good faith that AEW fans give the product, there was no way, there was no, um, there was no redeeming it, was there? Um, and and people online were all all talking about like, oh, all all they had to do was have Kingston stand up and say, is that what you know? Is this a game? Is that all you uh, all you got? But I mean. The funniest thing to me was Tony Khan selling it like it was planned afterwards. That guy needs to learn how to take criticism better, I feel, because he's just, he was getting his back up a lot. He was like, I don't know what you wanted us to do, actually kill them in the ring and stuff like that. It's like, Tony, don't pretend this is how it's supposed to go down. Do you know what I mean? To the um, media scrum after the fact and then trying to spin it as as a storyline thing. It's like, we know this wasn't what you'd planned. Um, But, you know, I don't want to be too negative about it because it was salvaged in a really good way, starting with this promo. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, definitely. So I I like the the bit now. This this the first part of the first uh, view of it, or for the first person uh, who has the view on it, which is Moxley was involved in the match and, and Kingston in the end as well. I think they sold that now pretty pretty funny, like making fun of it. Like first of all to be 
uh, Eddie Kingston can sell it so good to make it like a real uh, proper thing that he was really anxious or had like panic attack and was just laying. Well, he said there it was just... PTSD from being in jail and not knowing, what, not yeah. like being locked up and not knowing which jail he was going to be transferred to or whatever. Yeah, right. So he he sold that very good, and that's just an Eddie Kingston. We all know that it's different, but you know now you have to keep kayfabe up. Uh, for watching this and just love about it but i think i think they're just making a good bit out of it and what i like the most is that moxley also said that he doesn't matter like now what what happened there he's happy that he uh, that he won a friend again after all this um i think that's the nice outcome of the whole story still where they should also focus on one thing i did really like about this segment was how eddie and mox came at it from different opinions like eddie thought that uh, Kenny was just playing with Mox. Moxley thought that Kenny actually did rig the ring to explode, and um, and was just incompetent. And that kind of mirrors the fans' debate about it. Do you know what I mean? Whether because as fans we're debating whether some wire didn't connect right and there was a botch in it and it was meant to explode more, or whether they really did just book that level of an explosion. Do you know what I mean? So they kind of mirrored the fan and the confusion about it, and like they've taken pretty genius they've taken something which we i think we always all knew it would be but they took something real and spun it so that it's part of the debate do you know what i mean it's the the debates we were already having is kind of part of the actual debate now because of them kind of disagreeing uh one thing i really it was quite funny as well there's some funny moments where um eddie and explaining that he thinks um it was it was a it was a joke by kenny he was like he's the he's the joker and you're batman and uh and mox was mox was disagreeing he's like yeah i like that but no <laughs> like he said he liked to like being called batman and uh i liked how they ended it where uh <laughs> I think Mox said I wanted to see a bum go off and uh, and Eddie was like yeah a lot of people did though <laughs> like so they even kind of acknowledged the disappointment amongst themselves without breaking kayfabe which was really good Jack uh, thoughts on this segment and how it kind of bookended Revolution yeah no I thought it was clever I thought they, they had to didn't they they had to do something with it they couldn't just you know they couldn't just left it they couldn't have done you know apology and just forget about it. they had to have some sort of play on it and i thought they did quite well um you obviously touched on the key points there so i'll just pretty much say i think that was the best way they could do it um i don't think they could have gone any other way it's nice as you said where they've had the different of opinions which replicates us as fans and yeah i think for what it was and what they had to do in a relatively short space of time to you know string that story along and keep it you know decency from it some sort of positive from it and they i think they've done that quite well and yeah credit to moxley and kingston for for doing that really yeah if anyone could do it eddie could um next up we had cody rhodes versus seth i want to say gargis this and i say i want to say because they didn't announce him. <laughs> they just had they came, they you know the show came back with Cody coming to the ring and and it was a jobber already in the ring situation. They didn't even put a, a, a nameplate up for him. And then at first I heard Seth Vargas, but then it sounded like Gargas. And I think I don't know. Apparently, apparently this guy did something to make it on television. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean the first thing I noticed. There's really not much to say about this match. M- most of my critique of it happens before the match i uh, maybe this is for the best but i can't hear a word snoop dogg is saying in cody's entrance music because of the sound levels because of the production that they still haven't done 
corrected the sound equalization of uh, on Dynamite, and I think. I know I said it would be the last I'll talk about it, but with the exploding ring situation at the end of Revolution, there's a lot of calls to fire the production guy, do you know what I mean? There's a head of production, because not just because of this, but because of the camera cuts and because of the the mics that are never working, which actually happened right after this match as well, and with the sound level problems with the entrances. But, like, literally what I hear is... Yeah. That's that's all I hear. Like and then my father said like after the uh after his verse, like that's all I get. Um really not much to say about this match. They like I said, they didn't introduce his opponent. Um he didn't do anything, he put in the figure four, it was over. Um it wasn't about... I mean, this match was just an excuse to have Cody out there for the following segment. I mean, I don't think either of you guys have anything to say about this match. What can you say about it, right? I'll just move move swiftly on. Moving swiftly on. Um, yeah. Uh, then Tony Schiavone huddled his way to the ring, the first of many this evening. Um, in, initially, Schiavone's mic did not work. Another production where... Uh, we're, production issue we I was just referring to and then Cody made a whole thing about throwing him a new one and like oh let's laugh about it like yeah let's laugh about it but it's been like two years now like come on um, uh, he Penta got up on Spanish commentary I didn't we all realised he'd been on Spanish commentary I mean I assume the people listening in Spanish didn't just realise he was he was on Spanish commentary but the rest of us did uh, him and Alex one of you guys knows his surname I know Abrahantes Hey! You know his How much of a punchable face does that guy have? Like, <laughs> like he was just supposed to be working as a translator, but he was he was reveling in it. He's he just had this like nasty face on him. Like <laughs> Penta says, you won't even be able to pick up your daughter. Like he's like he just like this smile creeping across his face. Like so, why are you like just translate, dickhead? You're not the heel in this story <laughs> like, but he was yeah, yeah that was um, that was my question is he is he the heel commentator is he the color commentator with for the heels that was my Anyone question and he's on the dark order also should please yeah please get in contact with us about it gracias then at some point penta start well to begin with he had alex abrejantes so i get that right um translate that if cody's the prince of pro wrestling then uh penta is the lord of lucha libre um was very snappy uh then penta started speaking english and the first thing he says was you lost but it's like well yeah so did you though <laughs> like so it kind of it kind of didn't really hit home for me that um and then he kind of yeah he goes on he, he just goes off on uh cody's baby and this is the last thing for cody um and uh he jumps out and they kind of they kind of start punching at each other jr didn't make the segment much better by doing what Jay always does and when something's a little off or something's a little not right he calls it out he's like where did that come from and then later in the night he was like yeah they were announcing the card for next week he was like that one came out of nowhere it's like Jesus Christ Jay stop shitting on the product you know what I mean I'm surprised he didn't make it so much worse at Revolution <laughs> do you know what I mean he didn't like hop up and start like the guy has no tact uh, Patrick do you have any thoughts on this segment and kind of the future of of this feud, this this feud that's in its infancy now. Yeah, I, I like that uh, a lot. That Penta finally uh, said something and now gets his, his singles push a bit. Now that uh, Phoenix and uh, Pack are 
are the tech team of the uh, Triangle de la Muerte. Is that right? I think so. Oh. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I liked also what he said. Like you said, like Alex Habrahentes was a little overacting at that place and little like, oh, he said, you said. So he was really like oh. like a little like a spoiled brat. <laughs> like, like, yeah, star she up. said that. Yeah. yeah. But I like that. Uh, yeah. Imagine yeah, if he didn't say any like of that. that. He said really nice things. Then Alex Habrahentes yeah. just wants to start a few. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I have a little bit of an ear for Spanish from start, study. I studied it for about a year recently and um so yeah. i know that's not the case but like part of me really wishes they could have done that yeah <laughs> yeah but but i liked in the end that panda was also speaking english that he was doing a promo and now that he uh gets a little bit the spotlight that usually uh yeah cody gets more and more and i also like what he said there was a real nice thing i'm gonna break your arm or whatever then that you cannot hold your uh, newborn daughter that was nice that oh, hit gosh. my emotions as well that's like yeah okay this guy i would also beat up let's go for it i have a question for you though would you say AEW need to up their reasons for feuds starting do, do you think when feuds start they need more more of a reason for them to start or is having a guy just come out and say you know we 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 got aggressive with each other in a match let's you know amplify this by me saying some insults is that enough or do they need to be looking for more concrete reasons for future to start i mean this this would be like in in real life this would be a reason for me to start a fight with somebody or to feud with somebody like no, no, to, course, to bring it on a to before, bring it on a football level like when i was on the pitch i didn't know the guy but he was tackling me off there you go boy like yeah. you know like i would be after this guy in the next match we would have against each other i would like okay i remember your face so this i, I this is not far-fetched i would say uh, it's just like okay you're you're getting into each other like not into each other you're, you're bumping onto each other and you're like hey i don't like you i don't like you either yeah. so that's so, just so, this yeah. mutual disagreement and it's nice that then in this case panda is the heel who comes out and says yeah dude i i want to fight you because you're just i don't know and uh, it's like yeah okay fine let's fight i think yeah, they, that's 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 fine it's it's not so random with wwe because in wwe it feels sometimes in in segments or so that they're just starting a fight from from nowhere and here they really had at least they're in a match uh, together and it's yeah and and, and he injured him like he injured him yeah, yeah kayfabe might injured him even more with that move although he knew that he was already injured and he put pressure on that inj injury or he focused on that injury so yeah that's that's quite just nice, just I guess. yeah so I mean, yeah, like giving it the football analogy, bad sportsmanship, you see rivalries start all the time over that, like, and people remember, as you say, they remember the next, pretty much the relationship Sergio Ramos has with every player he's ever come up against. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, moving forward, we had uh, a little promo with Orange Taylor, Orange Taylor and Chuck Cassidy. <laughs> Orange Taylor and Chuck Cassidy. Chuck Cassidy. The most professional AEW podcast on the air, guys. Uh, I'm professional. Um, Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy in an arcade, of all places. Um, Orange Cassidy was sat there playing a racing game that had no money in it. And Chuck was like, dude, you got to put the money in. <laughs> He's just like laying, at laying least, back. At least he put chair. it in park when he got out again, so it didn't Did roll he? away. <laughs> was yes, nice he put touch. that in park. I didn't notice that. Um, even though it was just on the menu. Brilliant. Um, yeah, Chuck then challenged Kip and Miro's who won last match. Um, and uh, if... If Miro and Kip win, then Chuck will be his butler for life. He's saying, that what I was doing for a month 
I'll do it forever. Um, they just want to get their hands on them one more time. It will be some sort of arcade-themed hardcore match with arcade machines surrounded. Because you're saying you love arcade machines so much, blah blah blah, with your uh, you know your Twitch shit and your silly arcade cabinet that you mourned for for about two months. Um, let's surround the ring with arcade machines or whatever, and uh, have some sort of you know they didn't specify the match type yet, but it'll be I guess it'll be some sort of arcade pinball death match or something jack <laughs> thoughts on this segment yeah Sorry, patrick you know in our revolution review where i said uh this might be it over it's not over my friend it's nope, still it's, it's still clinging us. on for any sense of you know life it's still got in it i mean where it i know where it stops nobody knows <laughs> no but i know in the in the revolution review i did say i hope this is over and you know it moves on to miro full now kip now but i mean if you're gonna have one last match it's not the most stupidest reasons, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, and I, I, okay, so I'm coming from two places here, two minds. One mind, having an arcade theme, especially after what we just saw, it doesn't seem stupid, do you know what I mean? Having, they do seem like dangerous machines. They're covered in glass, they've got old knobs in the pinball stuff, do you know what I mean? You shot someone on that, it's going to fucking hurt. And we've had, we've had bar brawls, you know, why not an arcade brawl? What's, you know, it, 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 it's not as dumb as when they had this flimsy arcade machine with a name that people only knew from Twitch that they brought on all the time. Alan, was it, or something? And and having a, and it a wasn't even the real arcade machine. It was just yeah. a controller there, and it was empty from inside. Exactly. So. Um, but if they if they are actually to use real machines and, like, breaking the glass on them, like slamming someone on a pinball machine that shatters, yeah, I can see that being pretty dope. My other mind I'm coming from is, and I'll pose this as a question to you, Jack, are they having too many gimmick matches? By which I mean the kind of, uh, you know, like the Exploding Barbed Wire death match and the, you know, because um, that is one criticism AEW gets a lot. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I'm going to say no to that question. Um, merely give us more be- gimmick matches. No, give us the exact <laughs> amount of gimmick matches we're having. I think they've got, I think, coming from my kind of background in wrestling and what I tend to enjoy more. I like the gimmick matches. I like, you know, these matches with stipulations more than just a 1v1 normal match. Um, Don't get me wrong. I like their matches as well. Mainly from, like, New Japan, I prefer their matches because the sports kind of style and how we've said it before where, you know... It's unmatched the in-ring quality in Japan. Yeah. Um, But, no, I like these stipulations. And, you know, the more hardcore it is, the better for me as the explosive barbed wire match I said I've really enjoyed in our review. But, But, no, it would... I think I like the amount of stipulations they're doing. I don't like the fact when they cling on to something for too long. For example, this feud, um, the Derby Allentine Taz thing. I think, and that's I guess that's a reply to you, Tom, as a question: How long is too long for a feud? Yeah, not as long as well. It's how long is a piece of string? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It depends on the quality. Some of Some matches, the feud yeah, and how how many how many twists and turns it takes, and how because. Okay, so we'll come to this in a bit because Sting has regressed back to Sting from three weeks ago, which we will address in a bit. Um, But, you know, having Sting coming out every week and almost giving a promo and then getting interrupted and then doing nothing and going backstage again, that is not a feud I want to watch for a year. 
Austin McMahon, where one week he filled his car with cement, and then the next week he fucking, do you know what I mean? He came down the ring and sprayed everyone with beer. And this is the thing, like, you remember the Attitude Era, and you think, oh, these things must have happened apart. This shit, these memorable moments, and then in the hospital, hitting him with a bedpan. This shit happened every week, like, back to back to back to back, all these kind of things you remember. It happened every week on Raw, and that's the kind of feud I could watch for two years. Do you know what I mean? This kind of feud, um, and more, more to the point, the Sting... Darby Allen Team Taz feud is not the kind of feud I could watch for two years, two months, let alone two years. Do you know what I mean? Um, Kenny and Mox is doing a better job of it, just additionally because they they don't always focus on it and they take time off from feuding with each other. Um, so that's been handled a lot better. But yeah, um, it does seem like this will be the end of it. I can't see Chuck Taylor being his butler for life, so I assume we'll get a happy end to the feud with um, Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy winning, possibly with to coincide with Trent's return do you know what I mean Trent could return in the match and um, you know help him out and then the three of them best friends with the music standing you know victorious we're the three like, best friends that anybody that could anybody have, could have. <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> that was that was lame um, yeah, I can see that being how they end it with uh... and then you could link it with a Miro kit fallout that I predicted in Revolution which eventually then sees a Miro singles run I mean, that's a way to get to keep Miro in the spotlight and give him a few to win as well, which we all want to see, and also keep Kip on television, which is apparently something Tony Khan wants to see. <laughs> <laughs> so, I so mean, everybody wins. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, next up, we had. Tony Schiavone, he's back again, folks, um, interviewing Sting. Uh, this is just what we were just talking about. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's happening. It happened again, guys. Um, <laughs> it's he, uh, Sting! He came out, he did his thing, um, and then he got interrupted uh, by Lance Archer. Um, and Lance Archer's Sesame Street word of the day um, just kept saying time over and over. <laughs> he was like, you've had your time, but now it's my time. And my time is about time. That <laughs> He just kept saying time. He was like, you think about your time. And then they're just like, time. And then he just left. He just said, he said time about seven or eight times. He'll, he'll, now have, um, he'll, now, uh, he'll now have a shirt on Shop AEW from today that just says time. And it's Lance Archer breaking a clock or something. About time. <laughs> yeah. um, no, and then and then, and then then he, he, they just did what they always do. And Tony Schiavone, who brought Sting out to talk about this, you know, to have an interview, just went... went well, thanks for coming out here, Sting. See you later. <laughs> Sting's like, thanks for having me, Tony. And just didn't say anything. And then went backstage again. And it's, it's back to how it was. Have they learned nothing? <laughs> um, yeah, they kind of... I mean, over the course of it, they... <laughs> there was one line. Pretty much the only thing he said was <laughs> when Sting goes, a menacing location like the street. That was word for word what he said. Is the street, like, a, a, a location? Just the abstract notion of the street. A menacing location like the street. Uh, the, the quote of the night is, is I wrote down word for word. And obviously, yeah, they're going to start a thing up with Lance Arch now, which I'm not sure how I feel about. I think maybe they were pushing Lance Arch now. They don't know what to do with him. I'm going to come to you, Patrick, and I'm also going to include a question to this. 
should they even be interviewing Sting this much, or is it ruining his, his mystique a little bit? Because if you think if they did this to The Undertaker and then had the lights go out and then him come out with the druids every week just for an interview that lasts 30 seconds, he's interrupted, and then it's like, well, see you guys, and fucks off. Do you know what I mean? Wouldn't it have ruined the mystique of The Undertaker? Is Sting really a guy you should be interviewing every week? Not even interviewing, but fake interviewing, half interviewing, um, or interviewing at all. Uh, or should he be the guy that kind of lurks in the rafters, you know, and uh, and points his baseball bat at people and doesn't speak. Um, yeah, that plus, what did you think of this segment overall? Very good question. That's that's indeed like uh, The Undertaker's mystique would be completely ruined if he would just give so many interviews uh, over and over again. This is also Sting was WCW's Undertaker back in the days. You cannot say it, see it different. It For and sure. He created the mystique with just showing up, saying nothing, and so I'm. I I don't know or I don't remember everything from Impact anymore, uh, like all the years when when Sting was there and every single promo. But he was speaking a lot there and doing a lot of promos. Like after 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 some time, he was yeah he was he was quite talkative, but. Uh, this thing is just like uh, it's just they, like you said they, they are not even like oh, talk to you next week again okay see ya buddy like yeah I don't care you can if you want to talk you can do it backstage you don't need to take this 30 seconds off the camera um, yeah it ruins a bit the 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 uh, momentum of Sting would say yeah I would say that definitely and also here's the the problem I had with this thing um, completely opposed to what uh, uh, Cody and um, Penta had. They had a reason to fight. They have had uh, touching points before. These guys didn't have any touching point before. So it's just like, I don't know. That's that's the random stuff I really don't like. Although I like Lance Archer a lot. I would have loved to see him win in the uh, ladder match. But this was just, yeah, pointless, I would say. But uh, I think timeless is better. Speaking of pointless, next up we had Ethan Page versus Lee Johnson. I say speaking <laughs> of pointless because the way this started out was with... I've, I've just written QT Marshall wasting airtime. Um, they started with... Uh, they started the match with QT Marshall backstage before, Lee, uh, before he brought out Lee Johnson. Um, a segment that lasted about a minute where he said a whole lot of nothing... Um, literally one of those those short promos where like nothing goes in your head because it's all buzzwords um i think the purpose in, in retrospect the purpose of this was just to make the dynamite viewership aware that qt marshall is lee johnson's manager because they haven't featured him enough for us to know that or care about it which is a problem given the direction they've taken with it it's a problem that we're when we have to be introduced to a dynamic and then expected to care about it 10 minutes later when it takes a different turn do you know what i mean because we don't all watch dark they need to accept not everyone watches dark just as they need to accept not everyone watches bte but anyway i'm getting sidetracked and ahead of myself um lee johnson started out strong in fact he had a he kind of dominated this match which is again i think a bit of a problem when they're bringing in a guy like ethan page and a guy like lee johnson who they're trying to convince us is not a jobber um because but he's only had one victory before now uh, and, and one dynamite appearance before now and again it's the whole cody nightmare factory thing do you know what i mean i mean don't get me wrong he looks he looks decent enough um but yeah um there was there was a couple of nice spots in it he uh paged a slam just a like a bog standard slam on uh lee johnson from the top um and uh 
yeah. No, it followed up with a cutter, I believe. Um, and I stuck a cutter. Um, the commentary team seemed to be absolutely burying Ethan Page. Um, just not bigging him up. Doing the opposite, in fact, of, of bigging him up. Um, and bigging up... It was just so weird with this star like Ethan Page comes in and, and they're seeming to kind of pile on the plaudits for Lee Johnson and kind of neglect Ethan Page a bit. Um it was not a good start for Ethan Page, I don't think. Even though he came up with the win, he did not look good in this match to me. Anyway, um, you can see he exudes heel. He's got a lot of that going for him. Um, but yeah, um, I think pretty much it's all about what happened after this match, which, God forbid, I think it's going a certain direction that I really don't want it to. But we'll talk about that in a minute. And so actually what I'll do is I'll come to Patrick first because I know Jack will have some stuff to say about what happened after the match. Patrick, thoughts on the match itself? Not much to add. I think it was a little boring match boring. also for me. Yeah, it was boring. The only thing which was not boring was maybe for the American uh, viewers on TNT that the, the wrong audio channel was played in and they heard the uh, the sound from an NBA game. Like in, in, the middle of the, in the middle of the match, they heard defense, defense somewhere. So. Fuck my life. They need to fire their production guy, I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know if that was from TNT a problem or so because on the fight stream, it wasn't on the fight stream. Uh, it might be a thing, but that, that adds up to the point where the production team where you're like, come on, guys, you need to learn something. Uh, there was also, I think, it, I don't know if it was in this episode or on Revolution, uh, there was also an uh, in the women's match, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it was now this women's match in this episode or on Revolution. Something happened, an important thing with Rio. No, then it was on Revolution. It, she speared someone outside or something happened there. And then you're like, uh, it wasn't shown on screen. And then I was like, wow, why did that happen now? that red velvet one as well. Yeah, right. Uh, Jesus Christ. So for me, it was just a nah, match. Nah. Really, I, and I really don't care about this QT Marshall thing because I don't care about QT. Well, let's it's talk just, about the QT Marshall thing. It yeah. comes to QT Marshall's biggest fan on that matter. After the match, <laughs> QT Marshall seemed to uh, betray Lee Johnson in a way. I think he, um, he, you know, uh, Ethan Page started. Ethan, like I said, Ethan Page exudes heel. I think he's a really good. I think he's quite WWE style in both his wrestling and his character work but it's not necessarily a bad thing we say that like it's an insult it can be made to so was Cody do you know what I mean so is Cody um, but they've they've made it work and they've made some of his matches work um, they've they've done WWE star matches but better um, uh, one highlight I would say would be Cody's match with Dustin was very WWE star but better do you know what I mean what they could do if they if they actually leaned into better storytelling and you know um, but regardless uh, yeah QT apparently like I said they just reminded us or informed us for the first time that he was Lee Johnson's manager and then when Ethan Page was beaten on Lee Johnson after the match QT doesn't care Dustin comes out to make the save but QT doesn't even look back he walks away um, Jack is this leading towards QT becoming Ethan Page's manager and if so should we all burn our TV sets now I didn't even think of it like that to be fair um no, I'll just I'll just touch on quickly because before we go on to QT stuff, Ethan Page. I'm worried they won't use him. I'm worried he'll become. Like I said, this this match was a burial of him at the expense of one of Cody's students, and mm. and I mean just I mean just look at that. I don't like to agree with Con because <laughs> who does <laughs> our friend Con? I don't like to. agree He doesn't with Khan. listen. Go for it. He doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Fuck him. Um, he. Um, 
he yeah he hates cody and i think a lot of it is unfounded he hated cody's tnt title run which i liked because i think he was he was um establishing the title and making the title mean something and he was showcasing a lot of talent there he made scorpio sky look a million bucks look where scorpio sky is now etc etc what i will say is um he, the nepotism on display here is ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? The people who came up from the Nightmare family now making Ethan Page look like a fucking joke when they won one match prior to this on Dynamite. And when he did win that match, they made out like he'd won a fucking Oscar. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and and then and Cody himself just coming up and burying a dude. Like, when, when people from the Nightmare family who, by all... all you know, all that is good and right should be an absolute jobber. This should have been a job in match. This was not a job in match of anything. Lee Johnson controlled this match. Um, to to a to a, a big name coming in wanting to be like a big debut like Ethan Page. This should have been a squash match. Um, or at least an AEW style squash match of two, three minutes long where everyone gets to showcase they what they can do, blah blah blah. Um, it wasn't that. And yet Cody was the one that did have the squash match. Do you know what I mean? Just prior to this, where he absolutely destroyed a guy and probably one of the squashiest squatches I've ever seen on AEW, do you know what I mean? So it's like, where's this fucking nightmare family preferential treatment coming from? And I have to agree with Con on this one that it's absolute bullshit. I mean, I, I haven't heard him speak about it, but I assume that's his position on it. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan. No, um, so yeah, so that, that's obviously... God, you went off there, you went off there, didn't you? Just off, off one sentence from me. I've got it all built up. <laughs> I've got a blow. You I've, could been, have. I've been... <laughs> I've, uh, How are you supposed to grow if you won't I've, let me blow? If you won't let me blow, I've been blue balled uh, <laughs> from Revolution. I've got I've got all this love to give you. You know what? It's Get a bit um, sexual with it now. Carry on. But to be fair, that's all I just wanted to say on Ethan Page. I think they will will not use him right. He'll go down as like a Matt Seidel of the company, and you know just linger. Oh God, I hope not. Yeah, but that's what I'm worried about. Um, but now we'll talk about my specialist subject of choice, my mastermind topic. QT Marshall. Um, um, Marshall. <laughs> Marshall. Um, he shall henceforth be known as. You know what? There's only been one good thing that QT Marshall, in my opinion, has ever done. And he's recently had a feud on Sammy Guevara's um, vlog with Fuego Del Sol. I don't know how familiar you are with him, Tom. Yeah, um, yeah Sammy Guevara's mate. Anyway, they had a big match this week on Dark. Um, and I thought this is a great chance to... Um, Excel Fuego Del Sol. He's not won a single match since being in um, AEW, admittedly just on dark, but still um, having this feud with QT Marshall. It'd be great if he got his first win over QT. No, QT wins. And that just epitomizes to me QT. He is a soul destroying man. He's in the way. He is in in the way. He is stopping actual people from getting the shots they deserve. And it pisses me off. I. I don't know why he deserves a dynamite storyline. I hope I'm calling it, it now. He's Ethan Page's manager. I'm calling it now, he, I, and I will just I will just ask this: Why does every motherfucker and their aunt need a manager in AEW? I'm fucking oh, sick true. of it. It's true. I <laughs> thing is, look how fucking successful Mox was without anyone on his side. He's like no. the only dude without a manager. Yeah, and he's like, like the only person without a manager. You could have more like that. It's, it is it is frustrating to be fair. Um, I didn't see the QT and um, Ethan Page collaboration personally, but I definitely could see where you come from. I could see it happening. I didn't see it at the time, but I can see it now. Um, Give you thought one odds. Yeah, no. I agree with you. I mean, now you've said it, it just makes a bit of a sense. But um, but I think if you make QT Marshall 
um, Ethan Page's manager, that is just even more admittance that you're sort of burying Ethan Page already. And it's sad. It is oh, sad. What? But um, I don't think there's what much they, more to what, say. What else were they going to do with QT Marshall? Because obviously they're giving him some... I think they're going to have a match with, with him versus Justin. Walking away from Lee Johnson. I think it's more him versus he's... Justin sort of thing. <sighs> because of what happened at Revolution. No, I think... Let's what, move on what, what because just infuriates them. I've clearly forgotten. Um, no, no, so no, tell me. What happened at Revolution? I've forgotten. At Revolution, he obviously put over... Um, was it Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn? I think he eliminated either one of them or both of them. Um, and basically, because they're part of the na- natural... You've got to be careful saying yeah. put over about putting them over the ropes there because, you know, as you know, being, saying put over in wrestling means... Sorry, uh... sorry. He, <laughs> he eliminated them from the tag team battle royale. There you go. Um, and yeah, then Dustin basically looked at him like, dude, they're part of our, you know, our family, the Nightmare yes, family. Yes, I remember it um, now. And then, yeah, obviously then QT was just like, QT obviously just wanted to win. So he walked off and then, yeah, yeah. went in a bit of a hissy fit. So I think it's more just leading to a I QT. I must have forgotten that just because of how little I cared about it. Exactly. I think that's where it's yeah. leading. But again, like I said a minute or two ago, let's just leave it because it just makes me mad thinking about it. Almost as mad as Nyla Rose. Then let's. And that leads right into our next segment which was hangman and the dark order well hangman initially being interviewed by alex marvez um and he lists the things he's bought with matt hardy's money so far which includes six bottles of whiskey a new saddle dwight yakum on vinyl <laughs> whoever dwight yakum is um uh, i assume some sort of country music sounds singer. very white yeah sounds incredibly <laughs> white um Jack, uh, he, he gave some the good guy that he is, good guy, good guy Adam Page gave some to the Jacksonville Public Education uh, Fund, and then a new lawnmower. Um, I don't. <laughs> then after this, right? Then it, or then the Dark Order appear out of nowhere, and they will hop on the um, the the lawnmower with Page, and uh, Alan Angels is there, and they don't let him on. They say, "No, there's a weight limit. You can't get on." And then he's like, "All right, bye, guys." But as they drive off, there's a bit of karmic retribution. I don't. Patrick's <laughs> nodding. He's noticed. They almost tipped um, over. <laughs> yeah, it tipped, but it carried on going. But um, specifically, um, Colt Cabana fell off, <laughs> and out of camera, you see him fall off, and you hear them in the background where Alan Angels is still trying to play it straight. But you hear in the background, they're absolutely corpsing, like proper, <laughs> proper scream laughing about what just happened. Uh, I thought it was brilliant that they were like, "Yep, let's keep that take. Let's not." Re- <laughs> do it like so i think i think they would have redone it if it wasn't for the fact that they found it funny and even though it wasn't blatantly obvious it was kind of a little nod to people who were paying attention that oh yeah we noticed there was uh yeah it kind of tipped which was obviously completely unplanned um jack i mean what is there to say about this uh I, it was a nice fun little segment wasn't it and probably probably a nice uh nice moment for you a little little palate cleanser after QT Marshall it was I, I was a big fan it was a very nice segment it just made me happy just made me smile like that made me happy it's nice it, it's nice to see the good guys get is, a win it is unless um, you're Alan Angels I have one negative to it if you watch BT this week before watching um, Dynamite so obviously on Monday evening when it was uploaded um, or Monday lunchtime for our American listeners they you would have heard um, basically trying to remember it now Basically, Dark Order saying that they spent his winnings before he'd even got them because they were confident in his win. Um, and they put it all on his debit card, didn't they? His debit card, credit card, Patrick's nodding. Um, long story short, anyway, 
it was his credit card. Patrick, try and try and help me out here, because basically, long story short, Hangman's actually in debt now on BT instead of being yeah, the ball. They, they that bought he is. something, and I, I don't recall that completely. Sorry, my mouth is still full. It's all right. That's what she said. Hugh, get out of there. <laughs> Hugh, stop. He's trying to record a podcast. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know 100% if they did it a credit card, debit card, or if, if they said, yeah, we wrote it on the tap or anything. Yeah. Mm. Some, something, some, so. basically, they bought themselves stuff as a win. Um, and something then happened in the middle. You'll have to go and watch. There's more reason to promote BTE. And long story short, Hangman's now in debt. Now that's on BTE, and obviously then they come into Dynamite and say he spent all his winnings and you know, loving life. So, I mean, I don't know whether I'm a fan of this, you know, storyline not mixing. But then again, we also moan when they do mix BTE into Dynamite for those. Oh, please, those wrestling though. fans, can you? Exactly. So I think that's just me being picky. But no, as a, as a segment, um, you know, that didn't like do too much. It was just nice. It was nice. So next up, we had. What was meant to be Christian Cage coming out and saying a few words about his debut, but before he could even do that, um, Kenny's cleaner girls come out and Tony Schiavone acts like he's never seen them before. He was like, <laughs> is, this, is this part of Christian's entrance? <laughs> like, <he is. laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, Kenny, Kenny and his boys come out. Um, great, great heel heat. Um, the crowd were loudly disapproving of Kenny um, mm-hmm. in exactly the way you want them to be. Not go away heat as as a Baron Corbin might get. Or a, let, let's choose someone from AEW. I feel like we shouldn't dunk on <laughs> WWE. It's not a WWE podcast. Who's got go away heat in uh, in or has had go away Luther. heat in AEW? Luther. Yes, Luther. <laughs> yeah, I think Luther more more so. I think I think QT hate is more of a this podcast kind of thing. <laughs> or the rest of the world will see it soon. You bank, yeah. you bank on it. Um, no, uh, Luther. It's not like the go away heat that Luther gets. This was legit heel heat. Same as kind of thing as MGF's good at getting. Um, and that was brilliant because because of how over Kenny was as a face. It's amazing to hear him getting legit heel heat. Um, and that he's thoroughly earned. So they spun the finish of Revolution as kind of a heel move on their part. And, and again, it was con- kind of conflating it. Did we mean to do it? Didn't we? Because Don Callis was basically saying we didn't mean for it to blow up. But Kenny was like, oh, I don't know about that, Don. Um, so again, they're kind of leaning into the debate amongst fans and making it like a real thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, this was... <laughs> This was uh, full of quotes, this um, this whole segment, full of quotable moments, the first of which came towards the beginning where he um, accused... I can't remember if it was Callis. I've got it written down, but I can't remember if it was Callis or Kenny. One of you have to tell me. He um, accused Eddie of... <laughs> Dry, dry humping you in the middle uh, to, to <laughs> dry humping him in the middle of the ring as four sparklers shot from the corners. That's <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> how he put the ending. Hilarious, really. Um, yeah, I'm doing exactly what they should do do with it and absolutely taking the piss out of it um, and not taking themselves too seriously as I feared would happen when Tony Khan seemed to be taking himself far too seriously in the uh, in the post show scrum. Um, Eddie comes out obviously. Uh, Callis says that he fired Eddie from Impact because he never steps up when when he gets a chance. Um, he's just not the kind of stepping up to take take a chance guy. Uh, and then they set off a countdown um, to when they're apparently going to uh, like beat on Eddie or whatever and uh, taking a piss out of him. And that's when 
That's when we get our most quotable moment of the night, which is when um, Kenny starts writhing around in the middle of the ring, pretending to be marks. And I quote, says, 69 me, Don, help me. <laughs> so, um, and Don, so Don and, and to his credit, Don does sit on Kenny's face. <laughs> right, right, he did 69. <laughs> um, uh, and then, uh, yeah, 69 me, Don, save me. And then uh, they stood up and Kenny, he says, "Oh, sorry. I was getting, uh, I was getting reminders of when I was put in detention in grade school, <laughs> like taking the piss out of." Him. Um, and he said it was just some of his finest heel work he's ever done. Um, yeah, obviously trying to get Eddie to hit him. He's like, "Hit me, hit me, hit me." Eddie obviously does hit him. I don't know what he expected. And then uh, Moxley comes out to support Eddie and even the odds up a little bit. The odds are truly even when, predictably, because they obviously cut his segment off, so we always knew he was going to come out. Christian Cage comes out. Bad call on JR's part, I think this was, because the music hits, and um, Christian's music hits, and I think it was Tony Schiavone had made his way back to announcing at this point. and says, well, we know the music because we saw it at Revolution, because JR didn't know. He was like, what's this? What's going on? Who's this? And it was, oh, it was yeah. Christian Cage's music. And, uh, and JR said... I didn't recognise the music, it's so new. Now, any of the hardcore fans amongst us know this isn't new music at all. This music was written circa about 2005. Um, this music's about uh, 15, 16 years old. This was Christian Cage's TNA music that he's now using in Revolution. So, I mean, I don't know how Jim Ross... I mean, I understand if Jim Ross wasn't watching TNA in 2005. He had, he had other business on. But... Um, I have to at least imagine someone had told him that in the time since Revolution, but he made himself look a bit foolish and out of the know. Typical JR. Um, typical JR, isn't it? But it's it's when he takes the product down on them a little bit that, mm. that hurts. Um, yeah, Kenny tries to shake Christian's hand, but obviously kind of, you know, is is it's a fake and he goes to clothesline him or whatever. Um, and Christian kind of dodges it and tries to go through the Unprettier or the Impaler or whatever name AEW are going to give it. They didn't, they didn't call an audible, so we don't know yet. Um, and uh, Christian picks up the AEW title that's laying in the ring and gets a You Deserve It chant from the crowd immediately. Because, I mean, let's be real, he does deserve uh, world titles. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this on... I mean, I saw it through Reddit. I assume it was something he put on Twitter. But Christian was like, yeah, I've been out of the game for seven years, but that's seven years I haven't been taking a batter and I haven't been taking a beat in my body is as good as it's ever been. Do you know what I mean? So... Um, you know, he's he's making a big call that he can still go like he's 10 years younger than what he is. Do you know what I mean? It's um, He's saying he hasn't been bad, he hasn't been bruised, his body's in great shape. And to his credit, he is a small guy. And by the laws of wrestling, small guys versus big guys whose body breaks down. I mean, you look at The Undertaker or you look at... Um, I mean, there's got to be some other examples, but The Undertaker is obviously the big example of a body that's just breaking down, who he's now res he's wrestling once a year and he still looks like death, you know, warmed up. Uh, and then you look at smaller guys, and I'm talking your Jushin Thunder Ligers or your Minoru Suzuki's, um, and you, there is just, there's less, and your Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio, there's less to break down. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's... They age a lot better. They can go a lot longer. Christian's kind of a smaller dude, um, so I'm hoping he is a man of his word, especially given what he said about not taking any serious damage, serious bumps for the last seven years. I mean, look at Matt Hardy, who has been bumping on his ass his whole career, and now he can't even walk very well. Do you know what I mean? So, um, you know, see, I'm expecting to see good things from Christian. Uh, what were your thoughts on this segment? Let's come to Patrick. 
Thank you. It was awesome. Like really awesome one set. of the best segments I would say ever done in AEW maybe. They played fair. so wonderful with was what was said before from Eddie Kingston and uh, John Moxley implemented that. The heel heat, the hilarious heel heat, like he's making fun of people instead of threatening or so. He's just pointing it over and over doing it. That was just so awesome. Also, this 69 me dawn with the countdown in the middle of the ring. Oh my God. Oh my God. Save me. That's, I was so (laughs) hilarious, really. I I couldn't stop laughing. It was, it was so great. And it was also on point. Like if, if he would do that in front of me and mock me with that, that's, Clearly, you want to slap somebody in the face. Then that's, yeah. that's so clear. I don't know. Also, what? Yeah, what put he expected, yourself in Eddie Kingston's shoes, and he's actually like. I mean, this is as you would say in a TV show or a movie. This is canon now. This is this is the facts. Stay the facts. Eddie Kingston had a uh, had a PTSD moment. He blacked out. That's you know whatever you want to say. That is what happened. Even if it's retconned, that's what happened now, and that's 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 the the kayfabe story. And so imagine. How much you'd want to beat the shit out of people taking the piss out of your your PC or whatever? Like that's, that's right. It's both fucked up and hilarious at the same time, which was great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, right. That's the thing. So this this got really really good heel heat. Um, uh, also, I, I don't I don't know if he always had four dancers with him. Like in between, he had two. If he ever had four, I was just thinking if he's stepping up the game now that he's taking point, more and more. But for the most part, it was yeah. Okay. I think he has at yeah. least once before, but for the most part, it was two every week. But he might be making four. Okay, good. May I was just thinking maybe he's stepping it up now and bringing out anyway. Um, really looking forward to the match then for next week. They made with this that John Moxley came out and yeah, that, that was really really good. Um, and also uh, yeah, Christian coming out then awesome. Like talking about it before. Yeah. I've seen him in WWE, TNA. I, I recognize the theme from TNA. Uh, I know what he's capable of Smart in TNA. Tonight. Yeah, it's, we grew up grew up with that. Like, you know, back then I wasn't such a Christian fan. I was like, yeah, okay, well, let's see what happens there. And then he was in TNA and these NWA title matches and everything. Uh, great stuff. And uh, yeah. uh, we, we just looked it up, or you and me looked it up because we didn't know, we didn't... Uh, really know what happened why he retired uh, because the edge thing was quite big he was like he had this big speech and he had retired and so and then he christian also retired it wasn't such a big thing he didn't make such a big deal out of it because Vince has never rated christian ever yeah he just let also his contract expire so he he had a concussion in the match against biggie in 2014 and then he just let run out the contract he was uh biggie biggie Right. Yeah, intercontinental title match was it, and um, yeah, he just let run his 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 uh, wrestling contract run uh, run out, and uh, he then had of course uh, of course the Edge and Christian podcast or show whatever on the network, uh, but yeah, then like Edge returned last year this year Christian on the Royal Rumble, and then like I said yesterday already on on the other podcast, then why they didn't didn't hire him like full time or so like Edge and Christian well, together. They did offer him a con- they did offer him a con they did offer him a contract, but yeah. from the sounds of it it was because I mean he came back at the Royal Rumble, so everyone I mean we did a uh, in our WhatsApp group we have a have a bracket where we choose the profile picture and we change up the theme of it. Like one time it's AEW yeah. men, it will be AEW non non WWE women. This time it was WWE main roster men. And Christian was on there because 
everyone was just expecting him after the Royal Rumble to be 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 joining them full time, and he was offered a contract. And like, because after that, he said, "I've got matches in me and stuff." Do you know what I mean? Which was, as far as we were concerned, kind of confirmation he was signing for WWE. But he, um, he. Yeah, he. Uh, from what I understand of it, he was offered a contract, but it was just like piss poor. It yeah. was it was what Vince thinks of him in contract form. Do you know what I mean? One of these product kind right. of like legends contracts with a couple of matches, maybe a tag match with Edge at some point, but not a full time con. A creative has nothing for you kind of contract. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Um, that's that's but, the thing I meant with it. Like like uh, it, why don't they offer him something really good when he wants to come back? He clearly is in a good state. I mean, look, uh, Daniel Bryan came back after like a career threatening. Uh, 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 announce uh, not announcement like uh, a result from from the doctors and everything. Same with Edge, and they completely retire, completely put down everything for years and years, and now they can come back and they're like, yeah, I, I fully rested. I, like my body is doing good. I, I still have some years in me. Same also with Sting. Sting also rested now, and now like the match was awesome with Sting. Also, he can move in 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 the ring. He doesn't look like the Undertaker or like Hulk Hogan with his fifth hip or so, which was replaced. They look like normal people in the ring still for such a quite high age, which Christian doesn't have yet. I think he's 45, 47, something around there. Dude, in modern so, day wrestling, he could get like another good five years, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, right. And even though if he's and... not in the ring all the time, there are these cinematic matches which came up now with the pandemic and also with having older guys in there but also uh, he's so important for backstage and may and i'm really looking forward i wouldn't have not expected that he comes out and directly challenges kenny omega but i was like okay i want to see that next like i really want to see that so so i'm, I'm a little of, hyped now already a couple of points one is i'll start with the fact that um christian cage when he he, I, I remember hearing him talk about his time at TNA afterwards and why he went to TNA. Um, and his rationale was, um, you know, it kind of buried the product of TNA a little bit, which to be fair, they were the B-show back then, do you know what I mean? Whereas AEW are now trying to be on par with WWE or at least on par with some of WWE's brands. Back then... You know, he was asked after after he'd been to TNA, you know, what was the what was the motive behind the move to TNA? He was like, it was based in one place in Florida. I could just chill, you know, with my family, and they only made me work like four days a month. Do you know what I mean? Because they they film so much in once. Do you know what I mean? Um, so you know, it kind of sucked for TNA to hear him say, oh, "I I went there for a kind of easy work schedule and just to t chill in Florida and not tour." Do you know what I mean? But it's funny him saying that, and now at this age, he wants to just to play devils just play vince's advocate for a sec um you know he said that back then about going to tna about wanting a light work schedule and just goof off and get paid for it do you know what i mean and um and now now when he's in his 40s he wants the kind of the the wrestling you know he, he, i mean it shouldn't it doesn't really matter why he wants to go to tna or why he wants to go to AEW. to be fair because he has been constantly wrestling but yeah i just thought that was an interesting parallel the other thing is i never really gave my opinion because uh, i wasn't on the revolution show don't you think they maybe and you Go probably talked now. about this they probably overhyped him a little bit didn't they if they never yeah, said anything definitely. if they never said yeah. anything at all this would have been one of their biggest if not their biggest signings and right up there with Mox if they'd not said anything at all yeah. but well, of how course much... Sting is Sting is, is still a little oh, Sting bigger as well. Sting in, as well, in, yeah. in the dimensions True. but what, what we talked about yesterday is like if they wouldn't have said anything or like of course they definitely wanted to draw pay-per-view buys for this mm -hmm. but if they wouldn't have said something and bring out this big announcement again 
If he and just then surprised first... the crowd. They go, fucking yeah, ballistic. they did that with Sting already in full gear. And now again, yeah. and then everyone's like, OK, third pay-per-view, I have to get it because there will be something happening. We know that. And now they overhyped that because right. Christian is not that super mega so, but he's star big. like he's Sting a huge is. signing. He is he's just not. He's, he is a huge two... signing, but not as big as as they said. There you are know? two men that could have lived up to that billing. I maintain there are two men that could have lived up to that level of fight they built, and that is The Rock and CM Punk. That's yeah. how much they hyped Even it. Even not Kurt Angle, could... I think. Even not Kurt Angle, although Even Kurt not Angle well, no, because Kurt, Kurt, they they hyped that it was him so much that it obviously wasn't him. Do you know what I mean? With the him doing the promo of lacing up the boots and st- him, sorry, the video he put on Twitter of him lacing up the boots and Tony Khan saying it's true about fucking ten times in his uh, in his podcast appearance, but yeah. Um, both of those things that was really funny that video cut up actually it turned out to be a, pro- a thing for his podcast um, that brings us on to another match we had Dr. Britt Baker DMD Maki Ito and Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida Ria Mizunami and Thunder Rosa um, I have never laughed so hard <laughs> possibly possibly i can't remember i it's definitely the hardest i've ever laughed watching dynamite i can't remember ever laughing this hard watching wrestling in my entire life <laughs> um as <laughs> and the the commentator the commentary team couldn't even hold themselves together as when makihito's music stopped because they everyone started throwing down and broke out in a massive brawl so as they do in wrestling her music stopped and she didn't give a fuck and just <laughs> carried on singing until she'd finished she was like no i'm gonna finish and so there's just all this shit going down like there's a crutch going being thrown and then like some like nyla rose is crashing out of the ring and into the and like just there's people crashing everywhere and she's just this big smile on her face like dancing oh <laughs> and oh it was the oh i always had tears i was like laughing out loud like full-on belly laughing and you hear that like i said the commentary team couldn't even compose themselves for like two minutes after <laughs> this it was hands down like this is why she's here do you know what i mean it's she's just such a character um yeah i mean that was brilliant right completely completely hilarious really i was i was so ha- i was so happy to see her again when i when i saw her also on on uh, bte on monday when she came surprise motherfuckers i was <laughs> so happy also it was awesome and then i watched actually the buy-in yesterday before we recorded the show i didn't have the time before i didn't find the time and also in the buy-in it was it was so good uh, to have her in there she's like such a character uh, connecting with the crowd and just doing really good crowd work in the end, you know, like uh, resting wise, she can still improve because she's not that super long in the game, but her talent like is, is awesome. Like there's so much potential with her. I, I really hope she stays with AEW or yeah, get, gets, gets a full-time deal that she comes over and then stays there. And as Jack and I said yesterday, maybe they form like a Japanese faction or so one day or whatever. Um, yeah, there would be something nice. Well, I was expecting her to stay for a while um, because as it stands now, you don't really just fly someone in from Japan for a one-night thing, do you know what I mean? With the current COVID stuff, you might as well, they're going to be there for a while, you might as well get a few matches out of them. Um, so I was expecting to be a more, I'm so happy they put on the main roster. Um, yeah, um, I'm not up to date. I, I do, I have been watching her on Kujushi Pro. I've got a... A DDT Universe subscription, Wrestling Universe subscription, um, which that's part of. Um, she's, I thought, currently no. I'm see, I'm behind because she was teaming with um, 
uh, uh, Mia Uwatami, who is probably my favourite female wrestler in the world. I hope she, at some point, makes an appearance in AEW. Um, and yeah, they were having a really good run in a tag tournament, but I haven't I haven't seen the end of that yet, so I'll have to have to watch it and let you guys know how it went. Um, yeah, she started the match. I think she was one of the first two in, and she flipped off um, Hikaru Shida, and then Hikaru Shida grabbed her by her middle fingers and like kind of uh, crushed him. She's doing the whole hard head thing, and um, then uh, Mizunami came in for a bit, and then she tagged Rosa in, and then Nyla was in, and they had a big thing about Rosa and Nyla. Um, there was a little bit of an awkward moment when, um, because Excalibur calls all like Japanese moves a lot. He he will say a lot of, you know, he'll call a lot of audibles of Japanese moves. And Jr. said, uh, "This is a quote from Jr. I bet you have no trouble ordering in an Asian diner, do you? <laughs> <laughs> like as if there are such things like." There's just one Asian language and <laughs> Asian diners that, are, and there was such the awkward silence oh. and a little awkward laugh from Excalibur, like, <laughs> like afterwards it was, <laughs> oh Jr. Uh, on form again. Yeah, I mean it. There was there was some really nice stuff. They did the whole they they. I mean they acted like they were going to do the whole run in a train thing, but then um, I think it was on Nyla um, and then uh, Rosa and Shida. Both did the kind of train splash, but then Shida suplexed Rhea Mizunami into Nyla Rose in the corner, which was l- brilliant, I thought. Um, just just, just good stuff. Um, ended with Thunder Rosa pinning Maki Ito. Obviously, what a disappointment. But, um, yeah, and uh, Britt attacked Rosa after the match with the crutch, uh, put the lockjaw on her. Um, we're obviously working towards a big blow-off match, which we are, which we'll talk about um, when we're talking about next week's card. Jack, uh, thoughts on this match? Yeah, just a lot of fun, mate. Um, Fantastic, I just, wasn't it? I, I liked it as well, how um, obviously they all had their entrances, and then as soon as Maki Eaters was doing her and she started singing, Shida, um, Shida, Mizunami, and Thunder Rosa just didn't wait did they they just ran straight out they were just like like fuck yeah. this let's get this like let's get this going i thought that it was, was just the funny. fact her facial expression yeah. she just kept the smile up and then she um she booped um hikaru shida in the head with the mic as well didn't she, <laughs> she, she oh she also <laughs> she also um when i think it was thunder rosa was in the corner she also gave a like the most adorable cheap shot ever. <laughs> just like twatted her like just once, like Love a kind of thing. Um, she's, the... she's great. Uh, honestly, she's a star, and Tony Khan just needs to get that contract. Give that girl whatever she wants, and get her an age. Watch out on the moon. I would not miss seeing her in uh, seeing her Japan side though. If, if yeah, that goes ahead. maybe they could. We could work out a deal. But I mean, it's annoying because wrestling was supposed to be so much more international at this point, but coronavirus has kind of rolled that back. Do you know what I mean? There would have been a chance for her to appear everywhere and everyone's appear everywhere but it's just not happening at the moment but for sure yeah. and it's it's nice how they all link as well like when you all the wrestlers in the match obviously you got thunder and brits like you know hitting each other off shida and mizunami now teaming on the same team uh makita obviously against Rhea mizunami because they met in the tournament and um nyla rose as well they're also met Britt they Baker. Did the tournament, didn't they? Yeah, That's exactly. So they're, they're all they're all like interlinked some way, which is quite nice. Um, but now just a really fun match. A lot of the girls there I like. Uh, obviously, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, Makito, Shida, Mizunami. Oh, all of those. Except <laughs> one. I wonder who I left out. Um, 
but nah, honestly. That's really that's a really mean thing to say about Reba slash Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm Vicky Guerrero. No, I'm joking. I, I, I... Unironically, think Vicky Guerrero was maybe not right now with how they're using her right now, but I unironically think Vicky Guerrero is one of the best heels of the last 20 years. <laughs> if you'd seen some of her stuff in WWE, the excuse me thing, oh, like the it, heat she could generate, and now, and now she has the best entrance theme in, in like 20 oh, years or so. This excuse dubstep me. version of excuse yeah. me, oh, oh, this is so oh, good, this God. is so annoying, really. To be fair, when I was watching it, I saw, and I saw her come out in the Fisher's Vixen's top. The one thing I did think was, God, wouldn't Tom look good in that? So keep an eye out for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can make a pot in the wrestling group. Maybe, or maybe, gets maybe. Get, just... <laughs> get, actually, I'm, not, be... I'm not. The, I'm not the one that's scared to have my have my video uploaded as a video Ooh. podcast. Like, I'm. I'm happy to. If you guys are happy to be out <laughs> with your faces on YouTube, I will wear the vicious vixen's costume check quickly. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. Let, look let, it up. Let, look up the vision. That's the agreement. Let, let's do it in a wrestling group. Have we all put in like a couple of quid? We can get Tom the vicious vixen's t-shirt. I love it. Um, but now uh, to summarize, loved the match, loved the wrestlers in it, a uh, lot of fun, and you know, it was a nice match for after Revolution while she got them Japanese girls over here. Great match, I thought. After this, we had Matt Hardy and Private Party backstage. Matt Hardy uh, says that they need to be bringing more money in, I suppose, as a result of Hangman Page taking his money, uh, and then he introduces. Uh, Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny and I can't remember which member of Private Party it was that made me laugh because he went you dead ass <laughs> like like about them coming in um, so Patrick's just showing me that he has got a Vicious Vixen's top up on the screen that I could apparently wear um yeah, Who's Patrick. seriously buying that? Sorry, like let's, no, let's do it. Let's, let's put it in the group yeah, chat. Let's, oh, you mean in maybe, general? Like yeah, maybe when we fan. go all together to AEW one day, we can all wear these shirts just for fun. Vicious fix. I think they'd even be confused. I think Tony can't be, Tony can't be backstage in gorilla position. The camera would pan across and be like, "What the fuck is wrong with those guys?" Like, they're, they're all drunk. You should, you should really. Shall we start then something on Reddit that everyone buys that shirt in the crowd or as much people as possible? I, I would like the Cesaro the section, the vicious vixen yeah, section. Right. Just, oh, oh, let's just let's just this will be the thing of this podcast now. We're going to un- we're going to ironically put all our weight behind the vicious vixens. We stand vicious vixens. We stand a queens plural. Yeah, vicious oh. vixen ultras. I'm gonna make a button. Oh. <laughs> Vicious Vicks and Ultras. Um, <sighs> yeah. Yes, Patrick. Uh, thoughts yeah. on, um, I, and I am dead ass about this, uh, about the Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny joining the Big Money crew or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, going from a really hilarious, funny topic to a completely shitty thing. I, I'm, I have honestly to say about it. The not a fan? Butcher and the Blade. No, not at all. The Butcher and the Blade, uh, they've been moved around now three times. No, second time. So he, they are in the third um, stable group, whatever they are in there. These mercenaries now. I like that before that they were in the mercenaries for, for MJF to introduce them. Then they bonded a little bit with Eddie Kingston, so were in the group. Um, and after also, like, we all agreed that they both, like, for, for me it was the Butcher, for... Uh, Jagger was the blade most improved of the year. Now it would have been a time to let them let them free, have them maybe some promos or so. Although the blade doesn't have the best voice for his for his uh, for his size or for his uh, character, but 
they should bring them out maybe more as as a as a team a singles team and not always be the mercenaries behind somebody because i think they have way more potential and they're just wasting it just pushing them around everywhere yeah they've been uh and passed around like a drunk teenager on Kisses tour bus, haven't they? Well, not nice at all. <laughs> <laughs> they don't gel, but they. But it's weird. They seem to be aware of that and doing it anyway. So odd, odd behaviour. But um, hey, I'm willing to give it the benefit. Not the benefit of the doubt. I'm willing to see how it pans out anyway. Next up, we had Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky for the strap. Um, I'll tell you what, instead of doing my whole spiel, I'm just going to come straight in with one of you's opinions. Jack, thoughts on Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky for the TMT title? I didn't like it as much as I thought I would, and I don't know if that's. A oh, oh, really? I don't have that. I liked it. I think. I And I said this to. Um, Actually, to Pat- no, I do have complaints. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. I'm just. Go. <laughs> I said to Patrick, I've, I, I think us um, as fans and me as personally, I find it found it quite hard to kind of connect with Scorpio Sky a lot recently. Since obviously, obviously, you, it was easy to gel with him when he was, you know, the tag team champs, and he had that whole run to be the inaugural champs. But ever since, he's kind of just been there, but not really doing much. And I know what they're obviously doing now, and we'll reveal what happened at the end of the match in a bit, but um, it's hopefully going to give them a bit more relevancy. But in terms of this match, obviously, deserved one that won the um, the match of Revolution to get this shot. Um, I wish it maybe it had a bit more to it, like obviously this tag match that the Bucks and um, Death Triangle are going to have. It's going to, you know, they've not done it on the Dynamite straight away. Why did they do this one on Dynamite straight away? I think it's more to... Um, hit home the fact that Derby's done this match straight away after having a street fight to show how hardcore Derby is. But um, but now in terms of the match, it was all right. I I, I wouldn't go in far to say it's the, it was my favourite match of the night. Um, it was mine. It was yours, was it? See, I'd I mean I'll give my match of the night now. I'll probably give it the women's match because I really just enjoyed it. It's it was my a second favourite. But... Yeah, but um, but this one I don't I I don't know. I think sometimes just I don't know what some the reasons may be. But a match that I, on paper, am hyped for just doesn't deliver. And I don't know if it's what happens, but sometimes that. And yeah, but I think maybe on a different day, on different dynamite, maybe a bit more hype. This could have done a bit more for me. But on paper, it don't get me wrong. It was a good match. It was up there. It was, you know, better than some of the matches on the card. But I think, you know, it could have done a bit more. And I think it was more just kind of a way to elevate one of them's story. And a way to make the other one look hard, like, you know, hardcore. And um, just maybe a bit of a wasted opportunity, which the Face of Revolution ladder match could have, you know, offered to another potential winner. Well, I actually called Scorpio Sky as the winner of the Face of Revolution ladder match. I can't remember putting it in our in Liam's thing, though, that he did. I'm not sure he even put it as a question or whatever he forgot. But I called them and I called Death Triangle winning, just FYI. Um, let me give you my defense of this match. It did start out pretty slow with some kind of mat wrestling, and we weren't used to the mat wrestling. And it wasn't even proper full-on mat wrestling. It was like mat wrestling holds, like Darby Allen was doing holds on his arm. Um, and they, they called this out on commentary as well. Um... Then, then when they went to oh, there was a spot where Darby kind of went to flip off the back of Scorpio Sky, but then he landed badly on his ankle and started selling this bad ankle he's got from the match, um, which is obviously was was good storytelling in terms of the match because it came back later. Um, 
yeah, it there was during the break there was a lot of kind of grounding and a lot of groundwork which kind of felt almost to me like rest holes they didn't really need to do because Darby Allen obviously hasn't really been through the wars because it was you know predetermined and sorry to break the illusion for you but there's probably <laughs> it was pre there was probably a lot of you know resting between takes and stuff do you know what I mean it probably didn't happen in one that match against Team Taz probably didn't happen in one fluid motion but um Tom again yeah. ruining wrestling for fans <laughs> <laughs> always with Sting and the Sting and Darby Allen Team Taz stuff as well um yeah Sky caught him with uh, a nasty looking right elbow Darby hits him with a stunner two count um he hits him with a code red for another two um and then uh, this is where it really started to pick up. And Sky went for, I think he went for the three amigos, uh, the the three German suplexes. And Darby kind of tried to wrench his way out of it by like tearing at his fingers when he went for the third. So instead, Scorp, Scorp just kind of like knuckled down and and th- hit the third one right into the turnbuckle, which looked really nasty. Um, probably two of the spots of the night, although one I preferred than the other, just because of the other was so blatantly obvious it was coming. But the first one came uh, like a Randy Orton RKO, and it was, funnily enough, a cutter out of nowhere, which was when Darby Allen went for the Tope Suicida yeah, um, to Scorp on the outside, and Scorp caught him in the cutter. Um, spot of the night for me, that. Uh, and then there was there was like a, I want to say a Fishman's Brain Buster. There was a, a Brain Buster with an inside leg hook, which was nice. That's not the spot I'm talking about. Spot I'm talking about is when um, Sky countered the coffin drop. Uh, Darby went for the coffin drop and Sky countered it into, I think, a powerbomb, which was really unique. But as always with these super unique counters, you saw it coming a mile off because it's like, why is Darby Allen going for the coffee drop, coffin drop on someone who's not only standing, but standing with his yeah. back to him? Do you know what I mean? Um, so there was that, but it, it, it was nice. And then a really nice reversal from Scorp's TKO uh, into a pin from Derby. Unexpected finish for me. I thought Scorpio Sky was taking it just with how they've given him this new entrance music. He's won the Face of the Revolution ladder match. Um, I, I'm glad Scorpio didn't win, um, even though I've gone all, on all this time about saying before about how I hate how they benched him, um, how he's saying, oh, you know, someone's got to warm the bench, um, and how they, they've not been featuring him, how they had this made star, you know, from when he was facing off with Chris Jericho on Dynamite in front of the live crowd, and how he always seemed like the guy that was going to get pushed to the moon and should be, he's got all the ability. I've been saying that all the time, and yet when push came to shove, I'm glad he didn't win, if only for the fact that Darby's title run would have been just the most dud title run we've seen if it ended here do you know what I mean with just because it's it's just been held back by the Sting and Team Taz stuff so much that that would have defined the title run and just it would have been terrible um but yeah I I, I like this give it a, a solid four uh Patrick um I mean we can talk about some stuff happened after the match um, Patrick, thoughts of the match itself, and then we'll talk about what happened after the match. I can keep it very short because I completely agree with Jack. <laughs> but uh, it was kind of underwhelmed from the match what I was expecting. It wasn't a bad think match. You guys but are watching a different match than me. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I it didn't it didn't click for me that much. It also uh, it did it like uh, yeah the 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 face of the revolution match was not the best setup. I think it, if it, they would have taken a little more time building this up. Uh, the emotional investment would be bigger than in the end it's about the emotion so it was a good match but didn't click for me I thought it was great can't always agree though can we um, after the yeah, match okay. Scorpio started attacking Darby Allen um, put the heel hook on his bad ankle um, first question where was Sting <laughs> they've made out like he's his protege 
he's he didn't get beat down earlier, did he? He just pissed off backstage. Like, where was Sting? Like, they're, 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 they're supposed to be so close. And now, I mean, now clearly that, that storyline is over. But just because that storyline's over, he's now no longer saving his ass from it. Just because it's not Team Taz attacking him, he's not going to save him. It, it, it makes no sense story-wise. They're just going to forget about each other now after all that. Um, just bizarre shit, man. Um, bad, bad story writing, I will say that. Um... The funniest thing to me was Scorpio Sky seemed surprised at his own heel turn. <laughs> he was like <laughs> yeah, looking at his that. hands and looking shocked, and then he started smiling. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's the only one who was surprised at it because he was acting as a dick on commentary all, all, <laughs> yeah. all throughout the last dynamite. <laughs> all the rest of us saw the heel turn coming. Um, but yeah, he was surprised at his own heel turn. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got this as down as part of the Inner Circle uh, stuff, but I'll address it now because it's not actually to do with the Inner Circle War Council. Um, Tony mentioned how uh, at the beginning of the Inner Circle coming out for the next segment, Tony, men- Tony Schiavone mentioned how Scorpio Sky went down the heel tunnel. He didn't say the word heel, but he say, "Do you see the did you see the tunnel yeah. that Sky went down? The same tunnel that the inner circle's coming up. Ah, oh, I have a bone to pick with this. You don't address like you don't address the, the there's a face and heel tunnel as an announcer. Do you know what I mean? You don't address that because here's the thing. Like that's just that's some meta observation that that wrestling is fake do you know what i mean that there's a heel tunnel there's a face tunnel there's a heel there's because here's the thing the bad guys aren't going to see themselves as the bad guys for the most part some of them might but the you know the bad guys think they're in the right they think they're doing the right thing that's why they're the bad guys do you know what i mean mgf sees himself as the hero he doesn't see himself as the villain so fair enough have a face tunnel and have a heel tunnel but don't address it like yeah this is where all the bad guys think that all the bad guys think they're on the same side and all the bad guys recognize they're bad and heels and they've all got affiliation to each other by virtue of being bad so they all come out of the bad guy tunnel do you know what i mean like like and uh, Oh, I just I, agree, I, I, agree. I did not like Tony Schiavone addressing that Scorp walked back down the heel tunnel. Leave it, uh, put it in, and leave it for those eagle-eyed smarks to notice. But don't address it head-on because it, it just completely breaks kayfabe, in my opinion. Which I mean, uh, should we be pissed off about breaking kayfabe so blatantly in 2021? I mean, I think when it's as blatant as that, then yeah, do you know what I mean? Because it's basically like it's basically a big flashing billboard saying wrestling is fake. He's gone down the heel tunnel. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, would, yeah. I don't know what you thought about that, Patrick. Yeah, I, I actually I didn't notice that as you as you said that now because I I wasn't that invested in the match and when it was over it's like yeah okay fine but it's it's good that you point that out because uh, with the segment that's following now the um, entrance is very important where people are coming in and out yeah uh, in that in that match that's very important and I also don't like when they address that I accidentally also uh, 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 tripped over it. I was like, oh yeah, that, that's something, you know, that's something nice you can explore yourself and notice yeah. after watching I don't, I don't mind, four, five, I don't mind it times, existing. But I don't mind yeah, the, but the face and heel tunnel existing. It's great. Don't, yeah, it's great. Don't, like, do you know what I mean? Don't, don't address don't, it. Don't, don't tell the people, it. like, don't don't educate your audience on everything because you still, because although so meta, wrestling you know is, I mean? is very, very easy uh, entertainment, but still give the people something to think about when they watch something. Don't just throw them all the bones there and they just have to lay it down and, and consume it like, uh, I don't know, like robots or so. Because it's, it's just made like, it so keep, st- keep everything it's made it, a bit up. Yeah, it's just made it seem so stupid from a perspective of why yeah. 
why would Scorpio then walk down the opposite? Why would he? Oh, I've changed my affiliation. Do you know what I mean? It just, yeah. you know, it, it's fine. It's fine to do the wink and the nod like that. It's not fine to call it out, in my opinion. And it's just a, yeah. a, 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 a gregarious, is that the word? Um, like, example of what I bitch about every time it comes up, which is the meta. Do you know what I mean? The the meta acknowledgement of wrestling being fake that AEW keeps doing with like they did with the Miro stuff in the wedding set. Yeah, I didn't like that. I called that out. Like I did with the stuff with oh we all watch the show and the cameras and the stuff like they've done with the inner circle, which they found a nice way around coming up. But do you know what I mean? I just don't like when I just I just don't like the meta acknowledgement of dynamite as a as a wrestling pro you know a an entertainment fake product, you know what I mean? And that's my biggest pet peeve with AEW. Anyway, in a circle war council, I would say the main event if it was a match, but I mean, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I already mentioned about how uh, they was they were still talking about Scorpio Sky when the inner circle came out and, and the tunnel situation. Um, they they two big fouls from the commentary team back to back. They seemed like they were taking the piss out of Judas. The uh, the the entrance music they were like um what they were like what have you become and stuff they were like to, and he was like um, yeah you know he's like i heard it's the judas in his mind and stuff like that and they were just they weren't in character the the announcers they were just like they were just having a having fun with like the entrance music i i, I don't know if i like that either jack i don't know what you No, i, I agree i think you got a I don't know, they're, they're meant to be professionals, you know what I mean? Professionals, they were just ripping it, the that, shit that's, out of the product. That's, some, that's something me and you would do yeah, when we're watching it exactly, together. You know, like, exactly, exactly. Like, which I, I get, have have fun with it, but like, you know, when you're when you're on, you know, live, and you know, you're on screen, you know, you, there's some stuff you can't do like that. You've got to kind of just let the fans and the viewers like have their moment because everyone loves that entrance you know what i mean yeah exactly everyone loves that that's what i mean and they're they're here kind of belittling it a little bit by taking the piss out of it exactly and like like i said it's okay to do but i think sometimes these announcers i think the atmosphere at aew is so relaxed that sometimes they 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 forget that announcers have characters too do you know what i mean and and they just the announcers often they they're not in character and they're just three guys just bantering and watching wrestling and ripping the shit out of uh, yeah but they enjoy they enjoy their job too much sometimes don't they yeah like sometimes they they sometimes lose the sense of professionalism i think um wardlow wasn't present i i noticed that um we would see why later on um yeah big you suck uh chant for mjf Mm -hmm. um then Sammy came out, and uh, and Tony Schiavone fucking again references Sammy coming out of a, the specific tunnel. So I don't know how you didn't notice it, Patrick, because he said it twice this night. He mentions about Sammy coming out of the face tunnel, and it's just it's it's ruining shit. Do you know what I mean? It's um yeah, I mentions about that's, that's you know, where I noticed that. Well, I was you like, why you know, do you, you need to mention it. that? Yeah. yeah, but he did it twice. He did it with Scorpius guy, and he did it with Sammy yeah. Car, and it's like this no, is no, a no, I get it all. Show, that's that's really bad. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, and Sammy showed footage of uh, an inner circle meeting where they discuss MGF uh, taking leadership from Jericho. Um, however, when <laughs> they all go to double cross Jericho, uh, they all being uh, Santana Ortiz and Jake Hager closing in on Jericho to beat up Jericho, and I assume Sammy by extension. 
the five of them, including Sammy Guevara and Jericho, all turn around facing MJF like, you stupid idiot. You know, do you not think, do you not know, no, we've, I popped so hard. Do you know what I mean? At this point, obviously there was more to come. Then when they've turned on MJF, he's there, he starts crying, he starts begging, and he says, um, you know, uh, I, I never wanted to lead the inner circle. Please, Chris, you got to believe me, because I was busy building my own. Lights cut. Uh, FTR, Tully Blanchard, Sean Spears, Wardlow in the ring and just decimate the inner circle. Jake Hager gets a bottle smashed over his head. Fucking Santana Ortiz get handcuffed together and spike pile driven. Fucking, it was brutal. I think Sammy takes a chair at some point, which is like the least brutal thing that happens to anyone. Um, uh, there's a great shot of... Uh, I don't know. Oh, there, there was one bad thing, which was I think it was on Jericho. Wardlow did go like he was going to do a top rope choke slam or something, but then it turned into like a half choke slam or something. It, like kind of choke slammed into his feet. It was weird, but um, yeah, the the spike the spike power drive from on Santana Ortiz was brutal. Uh, MGF clocks Jericho with the dynamite diamond ring, um, and when AEW has problems with its cameras, when they get it right, they get it right. Like when. Uh, I remember that that famous shot of uh, kind of John Moxley popping up behind Kenny Omega. Um, I think on the first Dynamite or something like that. Um, and here was another kind of one with Jericho reaching towards his back, covered in blood, and then the foot just comes out of nowhere and stamps on uh, Jericho's hand, and it's his MGS foot. He gets the bat and just uh, beats on him. And um, yeah, they uh, they carry Jericho. Looks like they. Off stage, but no, they carry him to the stage, power bomb him off the stage, and uh, end it like that, which is quite ironic because that's yeah, that's how Inner Circle have ended a show before. They they power bomb John Moxley off the stage once back when we had crowds um, through a table, exact same situation, and the show went out like that. So kind of a little bit of karma for them, whether that was intended or not by the AEW production team. I just want to address something Jack mentioned to me in a bit that we've probably cut at this point. That Liam, our friend Liam, he's been on the show before, mentioned. Um, it didn't make sense to him that uh, Jer MJF... Do you want to explain it, Jack, that MJF would... Um... Yeah, so it's two points. He firstly thought, you know, why did... Um... Why did um why why did, did MGF try and recruit yeah, yeah, Santana yeah. and Ortiz and Jake Hager if he'd already got the <laughs> other plan? Well, here's 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 my I think a very straight and this this confused Liam and he didn't like it. I think the very simple explanation for this is that for MGF if if Santana and Ortiz and Jake Hager were, went along with it and they beat up Chris Jericho then great they can be in his new group too do you know what I mean he'll just have yeah. a mega group with Santana Ortiz Jake Hager um, FTR Tully Blanchard Sean Spears and Wardlow and he'll have the most powerful massive unit on you know he he you know maybe he didn't inform them of it because you know he didn't trust them that much but if they you know if they were to have gone through with it and attacked Jericho and Sammy then they would have been in the new inner circle too do you know what I mean and it would have been expanded in a circle but as it stands when they didn't go along with it he's like fuck it still 5v5 here they come on boys let's take them all out do you know what yeah. I mean I think I think the explanation for it is very simple I think if they'd gone along with it and attacked Jericho they'd have been in the new inner circle too I like but, how uh, personally it completely I mean taking out Tully Blanchard but they completely replicated itself you had a tag team against tag team. Um, you yeah. had a big guy against a big guy. You had yeah. Jericho and MJF, and then you had obviously Sean Spears versus. I like how it completely kind of mirrored itself, just with completely different people, which is quite nice. And I did the see panels, yeah. someone touch on it, and I can't remember who it is, but potentially 
Blood and Guts, MGS new team oh, versus Inner Circle. Oh, now we have the five on five combination again. There you go. Give us Blood and Guts. Patrick, thoughts about this segment? Awesome. Also, again, like also one of the best segments. Yeah, but mm-hmm. one of the best Iconic, segments all in all. Yeah, right. And all, in all, uh, uh, dynamite now because it was just such a perfect thing. And I can, I can see Liam's point where he's like, "Oh, why is that so?" But if you just think about it for a second, then you're like, "Yeah, it completely makes sense." Yeah, and also, sense. I don't know if you check- he would have, he would have just let all of them. It would have, it would have, they would have been part of his group. There's no, there's no yeah. point where that doesn't, they don't go together. That absolutely yeah. makes sense that right. they'll be part and of his group. But you know, before, they chose the dark side he, to he fuck them too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. And he, before well, he, he joined MJF's the dark, or, um, the, the the inner circle, before MJF joined the inner circle on the 7th of November, he gave an interview to uh, Wrestling Inc. where he acknowledges like there are only three wrestlers in the whole roster, he, which he acknowledges. And this is FTR. He said they are the best tag team. And um, that uh, Sean Spears is the guy working so much. He's the working horse of AEW. No one would acknowledge it, but he, but he acknowledges it. Patrick so he gave a little well. spoiler back then. Yeah, Patrick, as well, quickly, I remember seeing in uh, earlier COVID days when obviously more of the wrestlers were ringside where MJF was on the hillside a lot watching matches and he was stood next to Sean Spears. They were having a drink together whilst watching matches during the yes, COVID. Yes, yes. So this proper like, long-term storytelling long-term going on here. Again, yeah. Yes, definitely. So that was just just awesome um, them showing up. I didn't expect that at all, really. And also the segment that uh, Sammy uh, hit his camera in, I don't know, the wall or where, wherever he put that and, and filmed that. That was just a reference to back then where it was maybe a little illogical, but now it was completely logical that it was a hidden cam that he showed it to them. Um, yeah, I like that. And I'm also really curious to see now if the inner circle will uh, turn face, what do you guys think? I think I think they are face by by default now in this in this. Um, Sammy came out it, as a face, so yeah, sort of sort of um, maybe a sort of anti-hero face kind of thing going on. But uh, yeah, I think a I bit think a bit like um, like uh, the the Joker film or the Venom film where they're actually they are villains, but you know in that storyline you kind of see them as a hero, yeah, and you see yeah. it rooting for them. That brings us to the end of our show. Um, gone quite nicely that well not the end of our show the end of our dynamite uh recap anyway um we do what we gotta do even though i think i know which way this is gonna go um so i will go with one use first and one use last just to build some fake suspense uh for something we know which way it's gonna go patrick what was your match of the night women's match oh shock of that mine was the <laughs> tnt title match between darby allen and scorpio sky jack Already said it, so I can't go back on my word now. Women's match. Yeah. Um, another women's match that was not the main event taking our match of the night. Um, I'm intrigued to see what you give Screamer of the Week, though. My Screamer of the Week goes to the commentary team. <laughs> bad, <laughs> bad, lazy, meta, unprofessional commentary this week. Um, particularly... I mean, JR, we always expect it from JR, but particularly from Tony Schiavone this week as well. Um, uh, did not like it. Um, do better. Do better, indeed. Our card for next week's Dynamite, St. Patrick's Day Slam. I think we should all it's get drunk for this. my name day. <laughs> should we all get drunk? Like, I, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm so Maybe. down. I'm down. I mean, as long as we're doing it on a Thursday again. Let's just let's just get for our next. That'll be our themed episode because it's St. Patrick's Day Slam. We'll just get wankered on air. 
<laughs> I'm down. We're do- that's <laughs> happening then. I'll get the I'll get the beers in. Okay, get the beers yeah, in, I'll also get some beers. I spent I've got, I've got some whiskey as well. Twenty pound on two beers, so yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's um, do it. Okay, the matches we have are Jay Cargo in action. Woo! Uh, <laughs> Jurassic Express and Bear Country versus Matt Hardy, Private Party, The Butcher, and The Blade. Uh, with the bunny nearby, I assume. Uh, Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson versus Penta El Cerro Miedo. Uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus The Good Brothers. I actually called this match on Twitter, on uh, Reddit. Um, I won't give my exact comment because then people will be able to track down my Reddit account. But uh, I called this match. I also called them playing it off like it was a joke. So, it was a, well, I didn't call it. I said that's what how they should book it. But, you know, whatever. Just waiting for that call from Tony. Um, and then an unsanctioned lights out match. Anything goes between Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Thunder Rosa. Finally, another unsanctioned yes. lights out match for Dynamite. Yes, I am and so finally excited. a women's match. Yeah, well, I mean, even though this won't be the main event because it's a lights-out match, and as we know, the lights-out matches don't actually count as the main event, so I assume the Good Brothers versus Mox and Kingston is technically the main event. It's the main event because it's the last one on. It's the yeah. one that will close the show. So in all but name, this is the main event, and it's you love to see it. You love to see it, especially with these two girls. This is I, I've said it before. I've said it today even in uh, WhatsApp, and I've, I'll say it again. Uh, considering it was the worst... Uh, the worst part of AEW Dynamite last year. A the women's division has been the highlight, the standout highlight of AEW Dynamite this year. It's been completely incredible. agree. That's yeah. where they improved. Maybe they listen to the fans. Hopefully, uh, imagine that uh, a company that listens to the fans. <laughs> um, now we have, and it's the moment you've all been waiting for. We have the uh, we have the brand new and improved, less important shows. Oh yeah! Now it sounds gonna... like a South Park jingle. <laughs> now that was the idea. It's supposed to sound janky. Can I? Can Great. I just ask? How much did you pay for that? I I I paid exactly what it's worth, Jack. I would have paid. I would have charged you one p less to do something. It's that's fantastic. It's it's, <laughs> it's just the just the high class sound I was going for. Less important shows. Da da da. My my See? job is starting to become more and more irrelevant. Obsol- <laughs> obsolete. <laughs> yeah. But now very uh, very nice, very nice. Very nice, wasn't it? Um, I could have got I could have got reviews on it, but I, di- I, f- I didn't want to inconvenience her, so I was like, yeah, you know what, I'll have it. It's fine. But it adds to the jank. It's supposed to be janky, so you know. I like it. I like it. I like it too. I like it. Can we talk about the segment really. now? Should we should we should we it again? Less important shows. Diddleum. There's that all-important drum roll that I've been telling you guys about. It's from my head out in the world. Um, less important shows. The only one we really have to talk about this week, seeing as absolutely nothing happened in WWE, at least nothing I heard about, is the New Japan Cup is on. <laughs> would you guys like to hear about the standings so far? I would, but quickly, I would like to quickly touch um, Impact mate, uh, pay-per-view on Saturday with oh, uh, Finn, Ooh, Juice, yes. Finn Juice versus the Good Brothers and also... Rich Swan versus Moose with the winner of that facing Kenny Omega for the Impact title. Um, title versus title yes, match. Yes, So I don't know if a title it. is on the line. That's what I'm curious about. If if it will be, I doubt it. But I think it's just a champion versus champion match more. No, no, I think I think the title is on the line. What, the really? AEW title or the... Uh, I think both. Oh. Really? Yeah, which obviously, in, oh. in my opinion, means Kenny, who's collecting all the titles, 
is going yes, to become impact that's, so, that's what so I want to this, see. Break this down a bit for me, Jack. So what's the first Absolutely. thing? So oh, first yeah. thing is this Saturday. Uh, check it out on Impact. You've got Moose versus Rich Swan. That is for, I believe, the Impact title. Because um, Moose oh, no, is no, also no, carrying sorry, around sorry, the TNA sorry. title, isn't he? Yes. Is it unification? I can't, right, I don't. I can't remember the specifics. Patrick's on his phone, but I know basically. I think it is title versus title, um, and I think it's whoever. It's about win- time they unify those two, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's um, whoever wins that has yeah gets to go up against Kenny Omega. That's what I took from it basically. I took it as whoever wins that versus Kenny, and then in my head I'm already saying Kenny's and the winner. And also Finn Juice in action. Yeah, Just Finn Juice versus the Good Brothers, which is also yeah. a really cool match. So definitely worth checking that pay per view out. You'd be really hoping Juice Robinson would show up on AEW, wouldn't you? With, I, 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 mean, put, I, I put him as my um, the face of the, the ladder match. Yeah, the ladder match. So that's just worth mentioning. Not too much to talk about. We'll obviously talk about it next week when the pay-per-view actually happens. But just thought I'd give the fans, you know, a little bit of glimpse on what's happening this weekend. Okay, so in the first round of the New Japan Cup, let me run you through the results. Jeff Cobb beat Satoshi. Uh, Sato- that's a good start. Jeff Cobb <laughs> beat Satoshi Kojima. Great Okan beat Tetsuya. Great Okan beat Tetsuya Naito. What the hell? To, due to its stoppage, I missed this. I have to go and watch this. Um, Toriyama beat Bad Luck Fale. Did see that match because I saw the first one, which also included an absolute classic between Taichi and Hiroki Goto. Hiroki Goto won that match. Uh, Shingo Takagi beat Kazuchika Okada. There's some, been some upsets here, <laughs> man. we got to go back and watch some of these. Minoru Suzuki beat um, Honma. Um, I actually caught a bit of that match as well. Uh, Kenta beat Juice Robinson. This must have been recorded before Juice came over to the States. Will Ospreay beat Tenzan. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. beat Gabriel Kidd. Saw that match as well. I have seen more of this than I thought. Um, Yuji Nagata beat uh, Yota Tsuji. I don't know who that is. It's been a while since I've watched New Japan, obviously. Sonata beat Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, David Finley beat Ch- Chase. This is this is this is weird. So Finn, Ju- so you're saying Finn Juicer in the? Um... Yes, uh, basically, and they addressed it. I saw on a New Japan on their YouTube channel when Juice is doing a promo. Essentially, he says he is. I don't know how he's getting away with it, but essentially, he's, he said he was flying over for it. So sucking some dick somewhere. Cause, <laughs> <I> mean... <laughs> How is he getting through like COVID restrictions back no. and forth and back and forth? Because he's no, got to get back idea. for the next one. David Finley beat Chase Owens anyway to go through. Yoshihashi beat Yujiro Takahashi. Um, Jay White, I know Jack's got big things to say, beat Tohinare. Um, the second round matches are as follows. One of them was already taking place, and that were two of them already taking place. That was Evil versus Jeff Cobb. Evil beat Jeff Cobb. And Great Okan versus Toriano. Toriano won his second match. He's in the <laughs> quarterfinals of the New Japan Cup. He's up against Evil. That's quite a task. So let's see if he can go all the way. Hiroki Goto versus Shingo Tagaki, which will be an insane match. Make sure you tune in for that. Uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Kenta, which is also what a match that will be. And those two will probably be on the same card uh will osprey versus zach saber jr battle of the brits um yeah i saw i'm pretty sure they uh are building up a kind of feud here because i saw on the undercard of uh the first g1 matches um uh, will osprey's united empire uh they got attacked by suzuki gun after the match and there was a lot of um a lot of stuff between uh zach and osprey there i think if i'm remembering correctly um yuji nagata versus sanada um, uh, David Finley versus Yoshihashi and Jay White versus Hiroshi Tanahashi versus the ace. Do you think he can win it, Jack? Um, well, I'm, I mean, I'm starting to turn into a little bit of a Jay White fanboy. I, I love watching his promos. He's got such a 
just a, a presence to him and it's just if he ever shows up on AW I will pop so hard um, do I think he could win it yeah I mean I see he's I think was it it must have been the last episode of whatever the, the New Japan Cup um, where he was talking to the crowd um, that was just again just about you know he's got this whole storyline at the moment he doesn't want to unify the belts because obviously he doesn't want his um, legacy to go he thinks if they unify the belts that's his history being you know just rubbed out forgotten yeah. um, so that's his argument so I, I, I for, for one would love to see him go all the way but again there's some amazing wrestlers in the cup as well who also well, deserve a chance so if he beats if he beats Tanner in the second round he's a shoe in for the semis because that means he goes up against either David Finley or Yoshi, Yoshihashi which you've got him in the quarters which you've got to imagine is a is a is a is a steamrolling for either Jay White or Tanahashi whoever wins that is, yeah. is making the semis yeah for sure for sure that brings us to the end of our show it's been good to be back that felt I felt good. It's it's been good to have you back. Yeah. I think Patrick would agree. Great to have you back. Just just a quick <clears throat> info in between. I was just reading on the TNA thing because that completely slipped my mind. So uh, uh, really, uh, uh, Moose versus Rich Swan is a title unification match, okay, and then cool. and then that. they're having the title versus title match in on the twenty fourth of uh, of April. I think that's go. a pay per view. I'm gonna buy then first yeah. time from TNA. Uh, sorry, Impact. <laughs> but it's also also worth mentioning. I think. Um, in my head, Rich Swan's going to win that because I don't think they would, you know, do this whole impact thing without having that dream match. Even though I do want to see Moose with the title, so it could go either way. Uh, I think I Moose versus, versus Kenny is, is a bigger draw. Yeah. You reckon? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, to Definitely. be fair, I, I've been loving a bit of Moose recently, so I because I mean, not... I know we haven't had the one v one, but we have kind of had Kenny. Versus yeah, Moose yeah, no, that's in true. The, in the... Yeah, no, yeah. G- when, give me Moose versus Kenny, Kenny. was against uh, 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 Moose in the tag team match. That was quite nice. Yeah. How are they, they going to book that, man? How are they going to book that? Because they, they're not... If he's only just unified the title, they're not going to want to kill Moose's thing. And I could see that being like a, a big kind of thing between... Oh, I mean... That's why maybe Rich wins it. I mean, yeah, he would, this is he this is where one, like but... an invasion angle or so can happen at one point. You Did, know, can you like imagine this... they just put the title on Moose, the AEW title. Can you imagine yeah, how hard right? that would be? Like, I, uh, I don't think it's the right move business wise. I think that would confuse too many people. Yeah, and definitely turn them off the product. But, but there's yeah. so, there's some good uh, there's some good stuff coming out of Impact. So definitely, you know, don't sleep on it. I know, obviously, people tuned in watched the Kenny thing and probably has dipped off since I'm um, yeah that to be honest uh, they, but I did, there you go. But I did I, I buy Impact Plus and I haven't cancelled it so there you go but no, so I haven't given the money out. since I've, I've been watching their highlights every week on YouTube I don't watch the actual show but I watch the highlights just so I'm in the know you up on your on. high horse only watches the highlights um, no Fuck no you, but as bad as the rest of us no I watch the highlights and I, wa- I watch the pay-per-view the matches I care about really because there's still some I'm not too um, up on but I've definitely been learning a lot more um, about these wrestlers and yeah I've been loving, been loving it really <laughs> <laughs> alright um, yeah nothing more to say other than thanks thanks for having me back you're welcome back anytime <laughs> as a German I always say Achtung surrender and I give it back to you <laughs> well I usually end with uh, a stolen sign off but I think just because I want to milk this soundbite for all it's worth I'm just going to pass this over to to my pal Paul. Whee!